Welcome to PwC IFRS Talks, your source for all things IFRS. I'm your host, Andrea Pride. Today, I have a very special guest, Sue Lloyd, Vice Chair of the International Accounting Standards Board. Sue is going to be talking to me about what is going on in the field of sustainability reporting at the IFRS Foundation. Welcome, Sue. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for inviting me. So, Sue, there's been a lot of activity at the IFRS Foundation relating to the potential establishment of a new standard-setting board to meet the demands for high-quality, transparent, reliable and comparable reporting by companies on climate and other ESG matters. And there's so much going on that it's, it's quite difficult to keep up. So, if you wouldn't mind, could we start right at the beginning? What's driving all of this activity? Where is all this demand coming from? Well, I think the short answer is the demand's coming from everywhere. <laughs> so the demand is coming from investors who are looking for better, more comparable information about sustainability risks and their effect on the value of companies and to inform their investment decisions. Also from preparers who want to provide information to the market and it's quite a confusing landscape for them at the moment, but also from regulators, audit firms and others. And it's coming from all around the world as well. Um, and we know that that's the case because back in 2020, at the beginning of the year, the trustees of the foundation who provide oversight for the work of the IESB and will provide oversight for the ISSB, the Sustainability Standards Board, if it's established, they decided to follow up on feedback they'd been hearing um, sort of informally about interest in sustainability reporting. And they decided to um, issue a consultation document where they asked if there was a need for a global standard setter on sustainability information, and if so, whether there was demand for the, I, uh, for the IFRS Foundation to play a role. And the feedback to that consultation reinforced this message that there really is strong demand for something to be done urgently and for the foundation to play a critical role in that activity. Okay, great. Thanks for that, Sue. So um, we, we've worked together for many years and we, we both know it's how important it is to understand there's only so much that one body, one organisation can do in isolation, no matter how sound the objective or how good the product is. So there needs to be a broader buy-in. And, and it seems, you know, listening to everything that's going on, that there is support for the IFRS Foundation taking a role. So could you tell about, a, a bit more about where that demand is coming from? Sure. And this has been a really important point for the trustees. They've been very clear throughout this process that they really wanted this to be something that was demand-driven. So they went out with this consultation, as I said, really asking whether there was a need for global sustainability standards, and if so, whether the, the IFRS Foundation should play a role. And we got um, feedback on that consultation from a really diverse group of stakeholders, so from investors, preparers, audit firms, regulators and others, and all around the world really saying that yes, um, it was important that there be um, work done on global sustainability reporting, that it was urgent, particularly in the case of climate change, and support for the foundation to play a role in the development of these global standards. So it's very um, wide feedback from a whole range of stakeholders right around the world. And sort of in addition to that, that general support that we got through the comment letters, we've had a, a couple of really key stakeholders who have shown um, support as well for the foundation playing a role here, including the international securities regulators. So IOSCO have been very supportive of the work that the um, foundation is doing here. 
And also the, um, there was a communique from the G20 where they welcomed the work of the foundation developing a baseline global reporting standard, building on the work of the TCFD and others. So really broad support around the world for this action by the trustees. So there's this huge momentum and will behind the establishment of the new board and there's obviously this compelling case for consistent global standard setting around ESG and climate. Um, and now we've got this expectation that the final decision about the new board is, is going to be coming around the time of the COP26 uh, summit. Um, how is the IFRS Foundation getting ready for a new board? And what would be the objectives and um, mission of that new board? So in terms of the um, objectives of the board that the trustees are setting up, what the trustees have done is they've really looked at the feedback that we that they got on the consultation to work out what the focus and objectives of the new board should be. And I really think there's three key things that come to mind. One is that this is going to be a body which would put together information that's globally comparable and of high quality with investor information needs in mind. So like the IASB, the focus would be on standards to help make investment decisions um, to enable investors to better understand the effect of things like climate on enterprise value and to inform investment decisions. The second thing is while you hear a lot of uh, discussion about climate, the feedback that the trustees got was that climate is really important and it's urgent, but sustainability uh, reporting more generally is important. So the focus of the IWSB, if it's established, would be sustainability reporting more generally with climate as a priority. The third important message that the trustees heard was that it's really important that we try to reduce the complexity in the reporting environment. At the moment, we've got a lot of different um, initiatives who set requirements for sustainability reporting. Um, so the idea would be to reduce the complexity in the environment by having a global standard setter and also to benefit from the work of those existing um, standard setting bodies by building on their work rather than starting with a clean sheet of paper when the IWSB starts its work. So that's what it's all about. In terms of what's the foundation doing to get ready, uh, the short answer is a lot. <laughs> I, I can tell you that from first hand. But, but some of the things that we're looking, that the trustees are looking at are firstly, putting in place changes for to the constitution. At the moment, if you pick up the foundation's constitution, it only envisages a an accounting standard setting body, the IASB. So changes are being put in place following a consultation to um, allow a IWSB to set up as a sister body in the um, same governance structure as the IASB, the IWSB. There's been public calls for um, those interested in acting as chair and vice chair of the new IWSB. And also, uh, we've put in place a number of working groups. One is a multilateral working group, which is bringing together um, bodies with an interest in reporting, not just from an investor perspective, but from broader perspectives, so that we get the benefit of their input um, to ensure that there's compatibility between the requirements set by the IWSB and requirements set by um, regional or national bodies, including those with public interest and information needs beyond just investors. But also last but not least is the technical readiness working group that's been set up by the um, trustees. And that is pulling together the, um, some key players um, who are is existing standard setters in the sustainability space. 
um, with an investor focus. And so that includes the Value Reporting Foundation and the CDSB on the climate front, the TCFD also on the climate front, also the World Economic Forum is a member of the Technical Readiness Working Group, as is the IASB. Um, so we're all there, it's chaired by the foundation, and we have IOSCO and the IPSASB as observers to that group. So the idea of the Technical Readiness Working Group is to both talk about the um, bringing together of resources and expertise from the existing initiatives to the IASSB, but also a deep dive into some really heavy lifting on technical work. So a lot of my time at the moment is taken up working with the drafting that's being done on a prototype climate standard and a prototype presentation standard bit like IES1, but for sustainability reporting, and also work that's being done on um, what concepts an IWSB might need to work with, um, what the due process might look like, and also how the IASB and the IWSB might work together. So the Technical Readiness Working Group is working on a whole load of recommendations that they're hoping to have to get ready in place for the new IWSB to give them a running start. So it'll be a set of recommendations for them to start their work with to make sure that there's a quick start to the standard setting for this new board. And the important thing there, I'll just add on before I let you um, come back in again, is to say that this is a set of recommendations. So even though the Technical Readiness Working Group is drafting a prototype climate standard, a prototype presentation standard, um, and thinking about the architecture of the standards, Ultimately, the IWSB, when it's established, will decide what it wants to put out for comment. And there'll be a comment letter process in the normal way that you see from the foundation that will be a full consultation. So these are just recommendations that the IWSB will decide what to do with. Okay, so that's a roll call of the greeting good and standard setting. And, and clearly there's a, a lot of work. But tell, can you tell us anything about the timing of this running start? When will the running start start, so to speak? <laughs> So um, the feedback that the trustees got was that speed is important in this space, particularly for climate. We are fortunate that we have COP26 and it's happening in the UK this uh, November. And so COP26 has really been a key date in the minds of the trustees on this work. They've got a, a stated objective of being in, in a place to um, to comment on the um, establishment of the IWSB in time for COP26. So I think what I can say is we're on track for something being happening around that COP26 timing. Great, thanks. Many great things are going to happen around COP26, I think. Okay, so this is IFRS Talks, and many of our listeners are focused on traditional financial reporting. Uh, so one question that comes up is how the IFRS standards we all know and love, which we might have to start calling IFRS accounting standards, I guess, again, how will they interact or dovetail with sustainability standards? And how will the two boards will interact with each other to ensure that there's a coherent set of standards overall? Um, you've made some reference to the Technical Readiness Working Group thinking about this, and you're clearly not going to be able to answer all my questions. But can you share any preliminary thoughts on that? Sure. So, so as I said, one of the tasks of the Technical Readiness Working Group is looking at this really important question of the sort of so-called connectivity between the IASB and the potential new IWSB. So we're looking at really at recommendations on how the um, work of the two boards should be coordinated, 
how to make sure that there's processes in place so that the standards set by the two boards are complementary and don't sort of contradict each other and also to make sure that the way that the standards work and the boards work together really facilitates coherence in financial in reporting so that there's a sort of good relationship between the financial statements and sustainability related disclosures if you like now of course this is very much an area where i all i can say is that we're, we're coming up with ideas and recommendations we don't even have an iwsb in place yet so i can't tell them <laughs> how they should operate um, but we are thinking about some of these sort of fact patterns that we might not might need to think about so to give you an example one of the things that the uh, technical readiness working group has been thinking about is what we might do with the re-deliberations on the management commentary practice statement that's out for comment by the IASB at the moment. So some of your listeners will, will know that in that management commentary practice statement an exposure draft, there's a sort of idea that a management commentary has got two roles. One is to provide sort of explanation and context for the financial statements, but another is to provide additional information to give insights into sort of enterprise values and the drivers for the creation of value for a company going forward. And so the work of the IWSB might be ideally placed as something that would be used to um, populate, if you like, the management commentary if we were to finalise the ideas in that exposure draft. So one of the ideas that we're, we're thinking about is whether it would make sense, in fact, for the IASB and the IWSB to work together on the finalization of that management commentary um, practice statement work because it very much is an area where there's a connection between the financial statements and sustainability related disclosures. Another example that's often used is something like intangibles. So the IASB has got an agenda consultation out at the moment. I think when we do the deep dive into the feedback, we are seeing a strong call for some work on intangibles. I think that's a candidate where it might make sense for the IASB and the IWSB to think about what the overall investor information needs might be and then to work out between the two boards which of that information should be in the financial statements and what should be in sustainability related disclosures and therefore how the two boards should work together to make sure there's a good link between the requirements and a good package of information to meet investor information needs. So it's a lot of those sorts of ideas that we're talking about at the moment. How, how could those meetings work and how could the drafting work to get the best result for preparers and for investors? Also, something that we're hearing a lot in the feedback on the agenda consultation is that it will be really important for the IASB to allow enough time in its work plan to have space to discuss topics that might be of interest to both boards. And so we're talking a lot about that internally at the moment to come up with recommendations for the new board. And I think that's going to be really important for the IASB and the IWSB going forward. And for me, it's a reason why I think it's a really fantastic opportunity to have both boards within the IFRS Foundation, because we've got perhaps a unique opportunity to have that full picture of the package of information going to investors and to work together to really get a good result for the market. Okay, that's great. I think that last point you said about the agenda consultation is also in our comment letter to you as well. So it's, it's good to know that that message has already been heard. Um, so Sue, if I can go to my last question really, and this is maybe a more personal one, but with all your previous experience, you know, technical director, board member, vice chair, and so on of the ISB, ASB, what 
do you see are the main challenges that the IWSB and what advice would you give to the new board? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think when I look at, at when I look at um, you know what's ahead for the IWSB, a lot of it looks familiar for me coming from the IASB's perspective, particularly being somebody who was on the staff from the very early days of the IASB and went away and then came back again. So I think a lot of the similar issues are going to come about. We, it's going to require a lot of work to get the level of engagement which really supports a good standard setting to make sure that it's high quality, to make sure you get acceptance. So I think the, the thing that will be really important for the success of the IWSB is getting um, good engagement with stakeholders, inclusive processes um, and good transparency. So I think we can really um, build on some of the things we've learnt at the IESB. We can also, though, very much learn from the work of some of the parties that we're working with, the SASB and others, who also have big engagement um, um, processes in place, which are very successful. I think what's going to also be really important for the I uh, for the IESB, which is slightly different to the IESB, is going to be getting a really good working relationship between the work of the IWSB with their investor focus and then working closely with regional and national initiatives that have got their um, sort of work that's also happening on a sustainability front to make sure we've got good coordination and cooperation and to make sure that where possible we can really make sure that the work of the IWSB provides a really good basis for globally comparable high quality information for investors that can form what we're calling a baseline for reporting by regions and um, other other um, stakeholders. That's not going to be easy to do, but it's going to um, require a lot of work. I think we're, we're setting really good foundations in place for some of the work we're doing, including with the, um, the multi um, lateral working group that's been established but that's going to be an area that's going to be a really important focus I think for the success of the IWSB and I think as is always the case with standard setting but perhaps even more so um, if you think about the emotive topic of things like climate getting the balance right between the high quality of the standard setting work and meeting the sort of um, expectations on the timeliness front always tricky from a standard setting perspective, but I think that's going to be one that's going to be a really important consideration for the work of the IWSB. So I think really important uh, work, really challenging work, but also really exciting, I think, for the whole foundation and for the IWSB. Okay. Thank you, Sue, for joining me in this podcast. Um, you've got an ambitious couple of months still ahead, and it's great to hear about things directly from those involved. So I, I wish you well with the next few months. I'm sure all of our listeners are looking forward to developments in this space because it's proving, if nothing else, that accountants can actually save the world. And to them, I say thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy accounting. The preceding programme was brought to you by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.